You are listening to The Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. On today's episode, we have Dan Maxfield, an agronomic service representative with Syngenta. He sits down with Dave Alexander of Potato Country Magazine to discuss what a wacky year we have had this year and whether or not we can expect a similar year in the coming season. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Vive Crop Protection. Vive creates precision chemistry to increase the ease and efficiency of a grower's potato planting operation and delivers real results to growers. Powered by Allosperse delivery technology, Vive optimizes conventional and biological crop inputs for improved product performance from the jug to the field. Vive's precision chemistry solutions allow direct mixing of crop protection products with fertility, micronutrients, and other inputs without clogging sprayers or screens. This results in lower water needed for mixes, less time in the field checking screens, and more product making it to the soil or leaf. Potato growers will get proven performance and save on time, labor, and fuel by getting more done at once. Learn more about Vive Crop Protection by visiting vivecrop.com or reach out to your local retailer. Hello everyone, this is Dave Alexander with Potato Country Magazine and the Potato Podcast. Welcome again to another episode. Today we are uh, pulling out the crystal ball a little bit and the, the title of this episode is... Will the issues growers faced in 2022 continue in 2023? And we are going to talk today about the challenges that growers faced last year and whether or not those are going to continue this year. And we're joined again by Dan Maxfield with uh, Syngenta. And uh, we've had Dan on before and he's given us some some uh, preseason tips, and we'll put a link in the show notes to that previous podcast. But um, the reason we have Dan on again is he's um, kind of a boots on the ground kind of guy. He's he's out there talking to growers. He's out in the field a lot, seeing really what's going on, and he knows a lot about the potato industry. So, Dan, welcome to you. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Potato Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Pleasure to be here. Tell us what you do uh, for Syngenta again. Yeah, Dave, uh, I'm, my title is an agronomic service representative for Syngenta. I cover the uh, eastern half, essentially, of the Pacific Northwest. Um, really focus my time in potatoes and onions and wheat and pulse crops. Uh, my role consists of uh, research trials and, and collaborating with all of our um, key researchers around the area. And as well as educating my sales reps, as well as our customers and, and uh, channel partners, so I get to spend a lot of time teaching and and a lot of time observing in the field. All right, very cool. Uh, so it's your experience that we're going to draw on today, and um, so let's let's dive into this thing. What um, what were the the biggest problems and challenges that that growers had this growing season? Yeah, I mean, you alluded to it earlier. The, the crystal ball is always a challenge to to look into for the for the coming year, and we always look back. And this is a great time to reflect, being at the end of the season, uh, finished harvest, or 
wrapping up operations and and there were many challenges um you know everything from logistical and supply issues all the way to pestilence and um labor issues as well as um you know there's always challenges at harvest and just to finish the year up you know, it can seem like a like a tall task but it was but it was done and you know there's many pests from insect pests in Colorado potato beetle we saw um, a sizable population of those in the basin again this year. Uh, some some white mold issues, uh, early blight um, definitely was around, and um, you know just numerous um, issues from late season heat stress, and uh, and then heat at harvest is can be a challenge too to to manage pulp temperatures as you're pulling the spuds out of the field. So there were plenty of challenges in front in front of us that that, uh, that growers had to overcome. I think in uh, Idaho, it was last year or might have been the year before already that um, there was snow that and really cold temps during harvest. And this year, at least in the Idaho area, the weather was perfect. Really, um, what did they what did they find in the the basin? Was it was it too hot? Yeah, there there were stretches of time where it was a little too hot, um, but we we got down to um, some more normal temperatures and. And, you know, those are just um, things that growers are, are essentially used to working around, whether it be digging in the different hours of the, time, of the day to limit your heat exposure and, and to pull out crop and to push product into it, whether it be in storage or, or immediate use. And, and it's really, it, it becomes a management and logistics game for them and, and get through it. But yeah, we saw some, some heat early and finished the season really nice though. Well, obviously we can't predict what the temperatures are going to be in 2023 harvest, but maybe we can shed a little light on some of the logistical problems that were faced this year and whether or not uh, those will continue. Uh, Shipping, uh, trucking prices, fuel prices, what else? Yeah, I mean, from our perspective at Syngenta, as as a basic manufacturer, this is a top of mind every day. And it, and it really comes down to the logistics of, of uh, building, manufacturing, and shipping product all around the world. And for us in the Pacific Northwest, I think there's one, there's one key thing that we can all keep in mind. It might sound simple, but it is critical in the planning process, and that is communication. Uh, I know um, as we talk to growers and, and retailers and all the channel partners, you know, that, that's, the, that's top of mind for everyone. Everyone is, is communicating with manufacturers trying to make sure the needs are met as we approach the season and to try to get ahead of that curve a little bit Uh, because you know sometimes we are afforded that option depending on the product depending on the active ingredient and how we can supply it so i I think just from a basic sense communication is absolutely critical to get ahead of logistical issues that seem to be uh will be a recurring issue from here on out it seems like our inevitable future so when, when you say communication, do you mean between yourself and the, your customers or your suppliers or every, everybody, I guess? Yeah, great, great follow-up. It, it really comes down, it, it's, all, it's all aspects. Uh, it's from the agronomists um, and, and what we're planning on the acre to the manufacturer reps like myself and the sales reps that support the Pacific Northwest and um, all the way up the channel through our retail partners and and the only way to to know we need a product is to communicate it 
and to plan it and place an order. And that, that has been critical in supplying the industry with key crop protection products that help the, the system go. So let's, uh, let's talk about a scenario. Let's say I had white mold problems this year. Um, should I be talking to my agronomist and, and um, my salesman right now and saying that I need whatever product that might be in whatever time frame? Like what, what, Walk us through a scenario. Yeah, yeah it's a great question. I, I think historically that that's kind of been what has happened because of uh, because of the challenges. You never, no one ever wants to be at the mercy of of what's available on the shelf. And as far as from from my perspective, what I see with our growers in the basin in the Pacific Northwest, when we have historical issues, let's say it is white mold, and we know we and we'll use a product from Syngenta, for instance, like Omega, that has been used for many years for controlling white mold. That's a product that they can plan ahead. They're planning right now as we speak um, for the following season for, let's say, a part of the white mold program. So, yes, they will think about their needs for the year, how many acres they have, and their projected needs for Omega. And they'll, they'll communicate that through the through the channel with um, their agronomists will plan on it with um, farm managers. And those farm managers will work with the retail channel to get that product in place for, for them for the growing season. Well, and then there's another scenario possibly where I've never had white mold and now I do have it. What's the chances when it shows up that there will be product on the shelf from you or from other companies? Yeah, that's a, that's the magic crystal ball question, right? Yep. And that, that always is probably one of the bigger challenges because in, aside from white mold, there's so many pests that are like that, where we don't know we'll have a significant issue until it's in front of us. And that's always really the, the trick and, and sort of an art to supply in the channel. And I'm, I'm very thankful a lot of days that I'm an agronomist and not a, a logistical supply person because it, it is a head scratcher some days. But, but truly, I think it goes back to that communication aspect. When you know you have an issue and you know you need a product, these people are the best in the business at uh, getting ahead of the, the supply issues and, and finding product, whether it, you know maybe it's on the other side of the country and moving it over. But I know every company, and at least from my perspective in Syngenta, working around the clock to um, supply those products in a timely manner. So what are, what are your folks there at Syngenta telling you about fuel costs. I mean, you, I'm, you probably have people that analyze and try to figure and pull out their crystal balls as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a projection and, and it has to occur down, down the road. You, when it comes to manufacturing crop protection products, it doesn't just, the cost of goods equations don't just happen the day before or the week before. You know, these are equations that are built in over many months, even year, year and a half ahead of time. And it's very hard to predict. So fuel costs are, are a big part of it. Um, I think across the industry, whether it be fertility, seed costs, fuel, crop protection products, everything, parts, and we've seen increases in cost. And that's really due to the cost of goods um, equation that you're referring to with fuel, labor, and supply of basic parts and, and manufacturing components. So it, it really plays into it. it. It's hard to predict that, obviously, and uh, but there's a lot of people um, in Syngenta working diligently on trying to 
figure that out to keep the cost as low as we can to growers and to help them be the most successful they can be. Do you have, do you have problems now these days getting uh, raw material? Uh, you know, and that's from my perspective in our, in our world here in, in the Pacific Northwest, I guess the general answer is no. Uh, St. Jenna has done a phenomenal job at supplying uh, the industry in the last um, couple of years where we've seen this shift, whether maybe it started with the COVID uh, global supply chain and has kind of continued to percolate over the past couple of years. But yeah, I think from a, from a Syngenta perspective, we've done an exceptional job, uh, but it would be a great question for someone in the channel, a channel partner or a grower, see how they feel about that. And I, that's one of the things when I'm at winter meetings, I love to, to hear that feedback from people, the real answers from the people who are, who are getting the product. But I know from our perspective, it feels like we have done everything possible um, to be supplied and to have product available. And I don't, nothing off the top of my head that where there was a um, humongous supply issue or, or short um, on raw active ingredients. Okay. Well, and that's one of the advantages of working with a multinational corporation, I suppose, is that there's lots of different channels. And if, if there are some raw ingredient problems, you probably have more than one source. Yeah, I think that's that's a big component about being a major manufacturer for sure and a branded manufacturer and is that we have those different channels like you alluded to and it, it gives us um, an advantage to um, supply our customers um, as they need it throughout the year. Okay, so logistics, probably about the same thing this next season. Fuel costs it's, is anybody's guess, but I, I'm going to make a wild assumption that they're not going to go down by a huge amount. Um, mm-hmm. And so labor is always a problem. What else? What have, what have we missed? What, have we, what else do we need to touch on here? Well, um, just from my perspective as an agronomist, um, what I see uh, is pestilence, right? When you see insect pressure, uh, we saw um, significant or moderate to significant um, Colorado potato beetle pressure um, again in 2022, and I think it's it, it's pretty common just across this, especially the southern part of Washington, south central part of Washington, northern Oregon, um, to to have significant beetle populations. Uh, we see uh, white mold is always um, a topic, as well as early blight, um, which is a foliar disease um, that impacts the uh, late season bulking typically as it as it defoliates the plant. So I, um, those are some of the key ones, but there there is a whole host of them as well. I mean, we saw, uh, I think a wonderful resource that if, if listeners don't know is to use the uh, Washington State University uh, Ag Alerts or Pest Alerts resource. They essentially give you real-time updates throughout the growing season on pest monitoring and populations throughout, um, and they map it out for you as kind of a hot hotspot map, which you can, can be really critical and and helpful at, at uh, predicting pest models in your growing region. Uh, one of, it's probably one of the best tools um, that I've seen uh, come across uh, lately. So, you know, from beet leaf hoppers and aphid, spider mites and potato psyllid, there's there's a whole host of insect pests that have, have continually been an issue. Let's talk about how someone would actually use that service. Let, 
say maybe you don't have a certain pest, but it is showing up in the, the county next to you, does that mean you better be prepared and start start taking steps to to address that problem? Yeah, and I think that's that's why it's probably more of an indicator for an agronomist. Um, as these as you're scouting the field, you know, as you know, essentially in the field every day, right? And you're looking at whatever fields you're looking at that day. If you do see on the model populations increasing for a specific pest, uh, it definitely um, puts your radar up and and allows you to be a little bit more diligent at scouting that particular pest and, and can just kind of help indicate what you may be looking for. And I think that's probably its big, biggest utility is just kind of real-time data and allowing you to, to really keep an eye out for, for what is uh, coming. Okay. So to wrap up this segment, it's going to be pretty much next year what it was this year is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, it's it's hard to say any different. Uh, I mean, if you look at between two seasons in 2022 and 2021, um, I, I don't think there could have been much of a polar opposites between two seasons as, as we experienced in those two years. In 2021 being just a almost um, historical type drought and heat scenario where our summer in the Pacific Northwest started in early June and it didn't relent until the end of summer, which was, you know, end of September. Whereas this year we saw in 2022, we saw a cool wet spring and that, that lasted and persisted for, for quite a while uh, up in, into June. And so the potato plants will respond differently with uh, in 2021 with additional heat units early. We saw really robust canopies develop early, which promoted um, well, heavy canopies. So we saw some white mold um, issues. You also can shield a lot of pests, but a lot of that heat stress issues came into potatoes last year. There were many reports of potato heat stress issues in the crop and did not promote a very good crop as we finished the season. Whereas last year, uh, or excuse me, this year in 2022, cool wet spring promoted less canopy growth early. We didn't see as much white mold um, but we also got a little bit slower start to bulking, and we started to, um, once the summer heat turned on, maybe we were a little bit further behind. So uh, we were behind maybe a couple weeks this year as far as um, what our typical management scenario is. So there's a, it's really hard to predict when it comes um, to weather, obviously, and growing conditions. But um, I think when we think of um, agriculture in a more broad space, I think we can expect a very similar type production season with some of the things that you alluded to earlier with with logistics and supply and planning probably treated very similarly okay yeah we can't predict the the weather we're we're certainly not going to try on this podcast um all right so (laughs) we're going to uh talk about something else here real quick i promised dan that he could talk about a new i don't know what you would call a registration or approval miravis prime which is a fungicide is now has maximum residue limits have been approved for more countries or or what? I'm I'm butchering this up, I think. So explain that. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, well, so I kind of talked or mentioned early blight earlier, and it's a foliar disease that that, um, we manage for in our um, potato crops. And it's it's a really uh, prevalent disease. We see it uh, in a lot of different geographies. 
But we do have a, a new fungicide, I'm going to call it new. It was originally registered for use in potatoes in 2019. However, a lot of folks who are familiar with the potato industry, you need to have harmonized MRLs or those maximum residue limits um, across the globe in order to move our processing potatoes and our products across the world. And so that can be a limiting factor for new registrations. And really in the Columbia Basin, we, we don't see sales of these products until we have full MRLs. So as of November 1st or 2nd, um, the Bryant Christie Global website posted a, an MRL for uh, Mirvis Prime fungicide for use in potatoes. It um, kind of gives us the opportunity to manage this key disease uh, with a new fungicide. And um, just, just quickly, what, what it is, is it a combination of a new product in Miravis. It's a, an SDHI fungicide, and it's in combination with Ludioxinil or Maxim, which a lot of folks will be familiar with. Um, and it makes it a, a really unique product for controlling early blight. There's a, a big component of, of this. What we do for all pests, really, is we're, we're really trying to manage these pests with um, resistance management in mind. So you want to alter your modes of action against specific pests. And early blight is no different. You need to control it with multiple modes of action throughout the season. We do, um, so we do not gain resistance to specific chemistries like we have seen. And that's really one of the components Mirvis Prime brings. But I, I really look forward to talking to anyone at, at our ag expos and our uh, potato expo and potato meetings this winter and, and really show some of the data and show some of the performance because it, it is a phenomenal fungicide um, that is having a lot of success in a lot of other geographies. And I'm just really excited to to launch it here in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, so I, I, I guess I wasn't aware of that, that you, Syngenta as a company, will not sell into a specific region or at all if the, the MRLs weren't in place. Is that right? Well, that that's not entirely true. It, it's been registered for use in potatoes. So if a grower who doesn't use, if they just use their potatoes domestically, um, oh yes, or they they they're more than welcome to use the product ever since uh, since it gets registered through our EPA. But truly, it's it's dependent upon our commercial growers and our 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 large growers who anybody that's going know, to export to, any export um, product um, has to have um, full MRL approval. So. We don't see a, a lot of uh, widespread sales of that product until it achieves that. Okay. All right. Well, so find uh, Dan at the at the Potato Expo and maybe the Idaho Potato Show and, and in Washington. You can talk to him and about the MRL status of Miravis Prime fungicide. Do um, you have any parting advice for growers before we let you go? Well, I don't. I don't think so. I I look forward to uh, the winter. If we really use this time as an opportunity to um, educate ourselves as well as you know colleagues and partners in the channel, and it, it's probably my favorite time of year just because of as much face time as we get with people that are so busy in the field all year. So I really look forward to seeing everyone um, out and about this year at, at our ag meetings and potato meetings, and in particular and. And um, hopefully everyone has a very prosperous holiday season. Yep, and I I would second that. I I'm looking forward to to seeing everybody out and about in the show circuit. This will be a full full year, no COVID hangover. Hopefully, and here we go. Mm -hmm. So, 
Thank you very much for coming on with us today, Dan. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Dave. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and it's only those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. And do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates. Thank you.